Good morning, good morning, good morning on this awesome Sunday morning. The last Sunday in March 2021. And we trust that you're going to be so blessed. Because declare with me this morning, say, March, you are a phenomenal month. But April, oh my word, you're going to be greater than January, February and March and all the previous years of my life because I am destined for greatness. Well, welcome from our home this morning and there's services going on all over. And if you see that we have these problems with the internet all over in our area, and uh, but hold on, the devil is a liar and his pants this morning is on fire. Don't forget about tonight's service at 6 p.m., the one in France Hook, and the one that we will live broadcast, the last service for this theme in March, because April we do a new theme. And next Sunday, my word, with Easter Sunday, we have a service in all the venues at 10 a.m. for the glory of God. And now we want to get in the word this morning. And are you ready? Take notes if you can. I have learned if I can take a note and then I can go back to my notes because your mind doesn't always uh, take in what the word says because it can run around and the cell phone goes off and the devil said you forgot to put the oven off or close the tap or whatever. So take notes if you can. Now, for this whole month, we were speaking this powerful, powerful, powerful word about fruitfulness, working with and for God. <laughs> then Paul says that there's no other foundation that can be laid in that same portion of Scripture of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 till 11. Now, this morning, we want to help you because last Sunday, we spoke a lot about John chapter 15. And I just want to recap because God's divine plan for your life is in every area that you will bear much fruit. Say, bear much fruit. God's desire is bear much fruit in every area, in your body, <laughs> that doesn't mean increase in size unless you're very skinny. <laughs> that means walk in complete health, that you can be that person that God designed you to be. And in your soul dimension, have the mind of Christ. Uh, my word, in your spirit, you are a giant. You are, oh my word, nothing can harm or overcome you. Because the great I am, 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So you have that great I am, the God. The Bible says you have the fullness in you of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. My word, if you can just grasp that. That will be a great thing. In your family, say, me and my house, we will serve the Lord in Jesus' name. In your finances, God wants you to be fruitful. 
He never planned the curse for you. And if we have time, I'll just touch on that. And also in your ministry, he gave you the greatest ministry, the ministry of reconciliation, to reconcile people back to the Father heart of God. Wow, isn't that amazing? So every area of your life, God wants you to be fruitful and multiply. And that means to step and produce a greater harvest. And that's what we see in the scripture of what John chapter 15 actually explained to us. And that's why you go through what you go through. It's pruning season. But also, (laughs) in the positive sense, what the enemy meant for harm, God always turned it around for the good. And that's why I need faith. Hebrews chapter 10, 38. The just, my righteous people, the just shall live by faith. Everything we do is an action of faith. Why faith? Hebrews chapter 11, 6. Without faith, without believing and trusting and add the word in your life, so that you can operate in faith, because faith says, I do it before I see it. (laughs) And that's what you're going to do. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Oh, my word. Those that go to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those that seek him. That's why faith is always in the Now, the moment when you believe it, the moment when you see it, the moment when you speak it, it's in the now. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And now faith is the substance of things, oh my word, that we hope for, the evidence of things yet not seen. So faith is now. We cannot procrastinate the promises of God and the word of God and the instruction of God because we need to move in that dimension to be fruitful, multiply. Then when you're fruitful, Jesus said in John chapter 15, then everybody will know that you are my true disciples, my followers. Oh my word, that is so powerful. Now this morning, if we can put a hashtag with fruitfulness and and working with God and for God, I want you to make a declaration in your life this morning. Say, I am the vessel. You see, God could have chosen angels, but he chose you. I am the vessel. Say, I am the vehicle. I am the channel that God is moving through. That means you are a letter that's been read and read by all people. You're not a dead letter. You are a loving epistle. That's what's God's desire for you. Now, we're going to share this because in Matthew chapter 9, 35. Now, that scripture always grips my heart. And if you ever sit where I teach about the book of Matthew, you will see in Matthew chapter 4 what Jesus said. And about that man shall not live. And I'll explain that in a while. And then chapter 5 starts with 
kingdom living. The way how a child of God, a disciple must live. People call it the Beatitudes, (laughs) the Sermon on the Mount. But that was Jesus' instruction how God's people must live. And then in 5, 6, 7, then chapter 9, there's another twist that comes and the message starts moving in the direction, not only with kingdom living, that's all the time with us, but also kingdom instruction, the Great Commission. Now listen in Matthew Uh, chapter number nine, and this is what Jesus said, and he had an experience, and scripture verse 35, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages, how many? Say all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues. Now, preaching is proclaiming, teaching is explaining. He says, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news, the gospel of the kingdom and curing all kinds of disease and every weakness and infirmity. Oh my word, look the compassion here. And when Jesus saw the throngs, the crowds, he was moved with pity and sympathy for them. So he saw the crowds and the Bible says he was moved with pity and sympathy with them for because they were bewildered, harassed, distressed, and dejected and helpless. That's how Jesus saw the people. That's how they look. That's how they was. That was the condition. Now where there's a condition There's a transformation that needs to change to bring people in the position of what God has planned and purposed. He says, and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Don't forget this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is indeed plentiful. Listen but the laborers are few. Verse 38. So pray to the Lord of the harvest. Listen to whom the harvest belong. To the Lord. It's the Lord's harvest. To force out and thrust laborers into his harvest. Jesus' purpose, mission, and prayer. Is all included from verse 35 to verse 38. In chapter 10, verse 1. And Jesus summoned to him his 12 disciples, learners, people who learn how to live life. Now, <laughs> that was not only men that time, but in the book of Actual Discover and also in other scriptures that there was ladies also as disciples. He says, and gave them power and authority. Now let, we'll come back to this, but let me take you on. You are the channel. You are the vehicle. 
You are, come on somebody, the vessel that God wants to use. That's why Paul comes and he says, don't you know that you don't belong to yourself? Say, and that's a big thing. (laughs) You belong now to God. You see, this is so powerful when we start with scriptures. Now, in Matthew chapter 935 that we were just reading, and what we are sharing right now is to walk on the face of the earth, you and I, as God's channels, as God's vessels, and as God's vehicles. And I've said it over and over. God could have chosen angels. They never argue. They never fight. They never selfish. They never complain. They never gossip. They never question anything. Psalm 103 says, they hearken immediately to the voice of the Lord our God. Here God came. He overpassed the angel Gabriel, Michael, every heavenly being, laid his hands on you and me, and he says, you are chosen. Wow. Now let me get to this this morning because when you understand what God was saying, and and we want to tie, take everything all in a nutshell today so that everything, in other words, the whole Bible together so that we can have understanding. Paul says that you can know and understand. Listen, this is so powerful. To become which God has purposed and destined for us to be. Jeremiah 29, 11 is so powerful. God doesn't have a second thought about you. God has no thoughts about evil about you. God has planned, pre-planned, before the foundation of the earth, what you're going to be, how it's going to be, and what we're supposed to do. <laughs> and this is so phenomenal. We had a big banner up there in at the conference center, the one in Sandpiper. And uh, it says, and Graceland, my granddaughter, asked last night about that. What is that slogan that Opa always says? This is the thing. The tragedy in life is not only dying without God, but to stand one day before the judgment throne of God, empty-handed, empty-handed, while I live in a world full of sinners and didn't want one person for Christ. That's the second greatest tragedy in life. Listen, family, and that's why we want to share the word, because in Genesis chapter 1, 27 and 28, now listen what God says here, and this is what we want to get to about the blessing and the battle about words. And 27 says, so God created man in his own image, his own image, in the image and the likeness of God, his character, his DNA, his ability, his potential. He says, and he created him, male and female, he created them. And then verse 28, 
and God blessed them. After God created mankind, God executed his greatest desire, his plan, his will, unchangeable. It can never be changed in the mind of God because God can never change. And listen, and then he said to them, so what God does here, his love for mankind, he blessed them. And then God said to them, be fruitful. God's desire, be fruitful, will give God great pleasure. Be fruitful. This is how people will know that you are my true followers, that you are the manifest sons and daughters of God. Be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it using all its vast resources in the services of God and man. Oh, my word. And have dominion over the fish and everything. And then he goes on. And then he said, I have given you, verse 29, every plant yielded seed that is on the face of all the land and every tree with seed its fruit, and you shall have them for food. And God saw, verse 31, everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. You see, God created you, look at you, and he smiled and he said, it's very good. Not defeated, not hopeless, not depressed, not oppressed, not worthless, not a prodigal, not a sad sack and the donkey. No, God looked at you. He looked at mankind and he saw that everything that he had made and behold, it was very good, suitable and pleasant. And he approved it completely. And there was evening and there was morning. It was the sixth day before God rest. Now let me pick up this is a mouthful this morning that we're going to share because what we discover here, God spoke that blessing. Be fruitful, multiply. Oh, my word. In other words, that word multiply, the act of the fruit, who you are, who you are. To act out of that fruit, who you are. Listen, and then to tend and to rule and to govern. Now, this is so powerful. That word fruitful, we have discovered that it means to bear fruit, to turn from barrenness to fruitfulness. In the makeup of God, God cannot stand barrenness. That's why Jesus said, hey, that branches will be cut away and it's only good for the fire. But when you are pruned, it's that you can bear much more fruit. And uh, I've put something around here. God's way, 
God's way of doing, God's will, will mess always with your natural mind. Our biggest battle is not the devil. It's a lack of knowledge, the Bible says. Now, this is so powerful because when you discover what out of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 2, the Bible says, now, Jesus start now with the kingdom lifestyle. And he, Jesus, opened his mouth and he taught them by saying. Did you hear that? He opened his mouth and taught them by he, what he was saying. Now, because God said, Genesis 1, final authority, God said, be fruitful. He blessed you. And then he said, be fruitful. Multiply. Now it's in that blessing that you are fruitful and you multiply. God said it. Genesis 1, Genesis 3. Adam and Eve messed up. The serpent is there. The snake. Oh my word. And I always tease. I said, if Adam and Eve, we know they were not Chinese or Asian, if they had to choose between the fruit and the snake, they'd rather eat the snake. <laughs> but yet, so we know they're not Asian. <laughs> what happened is, Jesus, or God, is now on the scene, and he opened his mouth, and he spoke to the serpent. The seed of the woman is going to crush your head. Final authority. God said it. Matthew chapter 5, because Jesus said, he opened his mouth and he spoke my word. God manifest on the face of the earth in human flesh. Jesus, come on somebody. That's what John chapter 1 verse 1 and verse 14 tells us. Now let me page to John. And when you understand this, then you will understand why is my mind sometimes messed up? Why is it that the wrong words create such a feeling, an atmosphere in my life? Because the battle of the believer is a battle of words. Do I going to believe it? Is it the truth or is it a lie? And John comes and he puts down in writing after Isaiah prophesied, and he said in John chapter 1 and verse 1, in the beginning, before all time, was the Word, in brackets, Christ, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God himself. He was present originally with God, and all things were made and came into existence through him. And without him was not even one thing made that has come into being. In him was life, the Zoe of God. And the life was the light of man. And the light shines on in the darkness. For the darkness has not 
or never overpowered it, put it out or absorbed it or appropriate it and is unreceptive to it. And uh, then the Bible tells us about Jesus that came. And then verse 12, but to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the authority, the power, the privilege, the right to become the children of God. That is to those who believe in adhere to trust in and rely on his name, to have faith in his name, who own their birth neither to, to bloods nor to the will of the flesh that are physical impulse, nor to the will of man that are the natural father, but to God they are born of God. That's us now. And the word Christ, verse 14, became flesh, human incarnate, and tabernacled, fixed his tent of flesh, lived a while among us, and we actually saw his glory, his honor, his majesty. Oh, my word, such glory as an only begotten son receives from his father, full of grace. Favor, loving kindness, and truth. Now, this is the manifest word, Jesus, that was with God, that was God, that became flesh. He opened his mouth. Now, what did Jesus said in John chapter 4, verse 4? Man shall not. His life shall not be sustained or upheld by bread, by pork chops and steak and french fries and ice cream alone. <laughs> but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Verse 19. Follow me. Chapter 4. As my disciples... Let me be your guide. Walk the same path I walked. That's the Bible. Jesus said it. Then I will make you fishers of men. And then just a little further when you read chapter 5 comes up. And chapter 5 says, My glory. And he, Jesus, opened his mouth and taught them by saying, now, I said, because God said it, final authority. Jesus said it, God manifest in the flesh on the earth. And the word was made flesh. Listen, final authority. Now, this is where the thing is. The enemy wants to get you out of what God said. That's why you're either a fan or a follower. You have a, people have a lot of fans. Oh, <laughs> uh, Michael Jackson. Oh, my word, help them, Lord. Or, or Neil Diamond, if you're quite old. And, and uh, 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 Jean-Claude Frandam, uh, you know, we fans of them. And uh, whoever, the Krikakis and Kamp and Sonia Harold and uh, the Liu Luip, whatever they can be. But if you are a follower, there's a difference by being a fan. 
And this is what Satan's plot is. He wants you powerless, depressed, with no hope, short-sighted, selfish, living with ambition about yourself, and never do the word of God because he knows then how dangerous you can be. That's why Jesus said in John chapter 15, 1 and 2, some bear no fruit, some stop bearing fruit, and some bear much fruit. Now, when you can grasp the idea, Paul says the war we have, it's not against flesh and blood. People is not your problem. It's the avenue which the enemy will use anything to doubt God's word and not do what God said. He wants to get you out of what God says. Now, with you, born again, created by God, made in his image and in his likeness, there's so much powerful things. And where God gave you that Genesis chapter 1, 27, 28 experience, that means that word fruitful. You are a force. You are a verb, not a noun. You are a verb in action. Listen, family. You are the power of God. Manifest. You are the salt of the earth, the light that darkness cannot overpower or incorporate you. You shine through. You break through. <laughs> My word. You are uh, energy, the action of God on the face of the earth. Now, the, the question this morning is, if I'm a force for God or I can be a force against God. Can I say that again? You're either a force for God or you're a force against God. Now, uh, if you're made in his image, the likeness of God, and you're on the earth, and you are that force that God has placed and have a plan. God's got a phenomenal plan. Only a plan A, a straight line with your life. Then you are either submit yourself to that plan to what God has created and designed you for, and you're going to follow that plan, or you're going to live for yourself and a selfish life and never complete, accomplish what you were designed for. Now, in Matthew chapter 12, 30, still Jesus speaking in the book of Matthew. Now, remember what we were reading in Chapter four, four, man shall not live from bread alone. His life will not be sustained or upheld, but from every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now here is God manifest in the flesh speaking. And this is quite an eye opener for believers in Matthew chapter 12, 30. Listen what Jesus said. He explained there that if you gather with him, or you scatter. 
Matthew 12 and read it. Oh, my word. Because he says, he says there in Matthew chapter 12 and 30, it says, he who is not with me, definitely on my side, says the Amplified, is against me. Listen what he says. He says, and he who does not definitely gather with me, and for my side, he scatters. The other translation says, he who does not work with me, the New Living Translation, he works against me. Now, how does that happen? It's possible. I know a lot of people, they fans of God. They say, I'm a Christian. I carry the, 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 the brand name. Yeah, you can be one. But then you're only a fan because a follower deny himself, pick up the cross, and follow Jesus to the T. And this is why God chose you. He could have used the angels that never argue, I said, that never fight, that never need 20 confirmations. But it's your will that you need to submit to the will of God. How? By hearing what God's word is telling us. Now, as a church, as a body of believers, as a family, as an individual, a child of God, listen. How do I walk in that blessing that of Genesis chapter 1, God's final authority? <laughs> now, now, you must know, God never cursed anything. He spoke to the fig tree that was Jesus, that was barren. Barren stuff are in big trouble. Barren people, I don't talk natural, spiritual, are in big trouble. Because barrenness, Jesus said to the fig tree, Nobody will ever eat a fruit from you. And that fruit, that tree died. Why? It did not bear fruit. Now, how do I walk in that blessing? Number one, I must be born again. Born from anew. Nicodemus, who know the scriptures, the five first books out of the Torah, out of their head, they can, my word, say it up like a puppet. He came to Jesus privately. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, you must be born again. One translation says, born anew, born from above. Because in that old nature couldn't do it. <laughs> God prepared the way. Adam and Eve, naked covered them with fig trees. That's why Jesus spoke to that fig tree to demonstrate you cannot cover yourself up with fig trees. God slaughtered an animal. Blood flowed. Listen, to cover Adam and Eve. He cared still so much for him. That shows towards Jesus that will come. Genesis chapter 3, the eternal plan of God. Now, I want to lay a strong foundation for tonight because you must, listen, you cannot only modify your life and say, 
Now I'm going to live for Jesus and I'm just going to get a new few new habits. No, we cannot really change our own hearts. It took God, the blood of Jesus, to invite him in your life, to make him Lord God, Adonai, the all supreme one, the master, the ruler, the one who said and I follow, the one who are in charge. That's why I'm led by the spirit, not by money, not by opportunity, not by schemes, not by somebody's idea. I am led by the Holy Spirit. And what, when the Spirit leads me, it will never contradict God's will, God's desire. That's why people say, God stripped me. God put me now through this big test by, oh my word, <laughs> by stripping, take all my cars, the houses, the money away, and I'm living under a tree, and now I'm tested. No, it's what was in your heart that opened the gateway. Because Deuteronomy 28 says, if you hearken and obey to the voice of the Lord your God, all these blessings, the blessing that God instructed and spoke over mankind, and it's still there. He says, all that blessings will come upon you. But the key is hearken and obey. Galatians chapter 3. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law so that the blessing of Abraham, hallelujah, can come upon me. Come on, somebody. He redeemed me from that curse. That's why I need to accept Jesus Christ, not only as my Savior, but as Lord, God, my Savior, my Redeemer, and when he's Lord, I said, the one who has preeminence of the greatest honor, because everything I do is to honor God. Scripture says, whatever you do, in word and in deed, don't complain, don't argue, oh my word, no, do it as unto the Lord, there's a great reward. Now, the threefold curse of the law was redeemed, and Adam and Eve, now Jesus slaughtered, or God slaughtered that animal, covered them with skin, was the forerunner after Satan let the curse came through their disobedience. They're not working with God. They stopped working with God. <laughs> and that Satan's strategy he doesn't care if you work for God. He doesn't want you to work first with God. Do it as God is doing it. Matthew 6, 33. And then do it for God, just as God is doing it. Come on, somebody. The same way. He, he spoke to redeem them from the threefold curse. What was that curse? Spiritual death. Sickness and disease. Poverty, lack, and debt. Oh, my word. Now, the curse is a declaration that dooms someone to poverty. That's the ultimate of that curse. People work their whole life, gather a lot of money. They got sick, and the curse devoured their money. 
They will pay billions and millions to get health. <laughs> and money doesn't buy health. It's the blessing of the Lord. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Now, <laughs> the curse is the declaration we say that dooms someone to poverty. Never enough. Always deficient. Inadequate supply. Insufficient funds. And uh, if it's bad, anything that is bad is under the curse and it doesn't belong to us. Now, that's what God came and redeemed us from through Jesus because Jesus opened his mouth and he starts teaching them. He taught them redemption. Freedom. How if you start living from every word, your life will be upheld and sustained because he told Satan three times it is written and then Satan left him. <laughs> That's the greatest weapon you have. It is written by doing the word. Then verse 19, follow me as my disciples. Then in chapter 5, Jesus opened his mouth and he starts speaking. What did he redeemed us from? So from all these things, from spiritual death, sickness and disease, poverty and lack and death, that's why I need to accept Jesus Christ to get delivered from that because the blessing that I am destined for, qualified for through Jesus Christ is spiritual life. <laughs> this old body will die, but my real Gustav is going to live. The real you is going to live. <laughs> you are a spirit. You live in this body and you possess a soul, your intellect, your will, your emotions, that dimension. So when you die, this old earth suit is rolled up, it turns back to dust, but the real you will keep on living. Spiritual life. He came and gave you the threefold blessing healing and divine health to walk if you seek to heal you. Oh, my word, and there's a phenomenal testimony that came through, I'll, I'll read it tonight, of cancer, that somebody was healed, and prosperity, abundant provision and overflow. That's why Genesis 1, 28, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful. You need to work that, <laughs> the word, work the word, why doesn't people come from promise to manifestation? They don't work the word. <laughs> and they step on that booby trap while Christ has redeemed us from the curse. My word, you say, I'm going to work myself wealthy. Yeah, but it adds sorrow. It's the blessing of God that maketh wealth. And it adds no sorrow. That's how God, because you are the channel, you are the verb. You are the vehicle. You are the vessel that God wants to move through your life. Now let me come to a landing and to a conclusion. Listen, I must become a new creature, born again. <laughs> My word, so that we can function in the original plan and purposes of God. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. Paul comes with a word, such a powerful word. 
and it tells us God already has pre-planned. Now, if I can just get that into people to believe this and adhere and to trust in and apply that word into their lives, your life will become a feast because you will operate with God. With, with God, In chapter 2, verse 10, verse 6, it says, you were raised up with him, you and I, and made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with Jesus, with him, in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one. Then in verse 10, for we are God's own, own, own handiwork. Wow. His workmanship. Recreated, born anew in Christ Jesus. That we may do those good works. Good works. Which God predestined, planned beforehand. For, taking, for us to taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Say, this is my moment. I expect my moment now for a long time. This morning, I recognize my moment working with God, operating in that prearranged plan. So I choose the moment. I embrace the moment. And I act in this very moment that I am going to work with God and for God because I am redeemed from every portion of the curse. Now, if Paul says that, and in 1 John, or 3 John, the third letter of John, there's only one chapter. But listen what John puts down in writing. He says this phenomenal thing. How I work and live in that blessing that God command and instruct over my life. What, the third letter of John, the second verse. He says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper. I'm going to help you with something. In every way, in every way, and that your body may keep well, even as I know your soul, your thinking, your will, your intellect, your emotions with the mind of Christ keeps well and prosper. King James, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health or being healthy even as your soul prospers. And this is where I get this from. Satan wants to, you to disbelieve the word or partial believe the word because his aim, his aim this morning is to take you out of what God said. Then he knows he wants you and I to rob God. Ooh, what do you mean rob God? Did you read in John 15, when you bear much fruit, 
You bring pleasure to my father. You honor my father. He wants us to rob God from the honor. Listen, to bless us and the honor that he will operate as the final authority in our lives of what he has purposed and planned that the seed, Jesus, <laughs> that crushed his head, that we will not operate in that. That's why John says, Beloved, I wish you will prosper <laughs> and be in health as your soul, to have the mind of Christ. Think as God is thinking. You see, our mind tends to think in the dimensions what we go through, what we experience. If you have a financial battle, that's all what your mind is occupied. If the doctor spoke over your life about sickness, that's all what your mind is occupied. Then you start adding up all these things because the one thought goes to the another thought and the small worry becomes a big worry until it's a great worry, until it's a depression, and until you're at the level where you give up hope and life in this life that we are living. Now, this is the thing that James comes about. And James tells us the key word. He says, don't deceive yourself. It's unnecessary. You are in the army on parade. And the word is the big general in charge, the commander of chief's word. And he used vessels, his disciples, to disciple other people with this word that they are a powerful army that cannot be conquered, oh my word, that they operate as roaring lions, to be as bold as lions. So I'm standing here as that donkey that Jesus can ride on. Remember who spoke to William the prophet, the donkey. <laughs> so you're looking at your donkey this morning. <laughs> that speak through the word. There's an urgency in my heart. To see that generation all over the world stand up out of struggle, out of battle, out of lack, out of hurt and out of pain to conquer what God <laughs> entrusts you with to overtake, to subdue, to rule, to work in that rulership authority that he gave you. And that happens when I come by the word that James, Jesus' brother, said. Don't be hearers only. We don't have a problem. I, I discovered through conversations with, even at Lofdal and with the staff and some, and outside where I go, people hang on your lips what you are saying. And then it's only hearing. He said, don't be hearers only, but become doers. Put that word. Move from hearing to listening to obeying. Then you're going to move from information to revelation to a transformation to your manifestation. Billions of people say, 
Where's my manifestation? They said, God said, but where is it? The word says, I've tried it. Now it's not trying. It's believing. Trying is not going to do it. Getting more titles is not going to do it. People got no titles. Lord, have mercy. They not only, they chief apostles, forensic prophets, it's in one person's title, makeup. Then, doctor. Listen, doctor, teacher, pastor. They have all these titles, then their names. And I said, my word, their names are longer than the building they're having church in. And they not impacting the world. You are a verb. You called for impact. El Gustav, all these problems. I understand it's Satan's way. How to get you out of the word. That your joy will not be full. That you will not operate in the fruit with love and joy and kindness. So he used this avenue because he knows what Paul says, you his workmanship, you his handiwork. He predestined a plan. Now you're born anew that you can walk. Being that disciple that you were designed for and made for, that he wants to work through you. Listen, and James says, because if you're only a hearer, you deceive, not the devil, that because the truth is greater than the devil. The truth is more powerful than the devil. <laughs> the truth is a dimension where the devil cannot operate in. He only operates with lies. He said, don't deceive yourself by hearing and not doing. And I'm closing. Because I said, the enemy wants to get you out of the, what God said. He said, rather pay your bills with the money you have and buy food than honoring God because he knows when I honor God, it always produce a great harvest. The prophetic word, <clears throat> you shall declare a thing and it shall be established. What do we declare? God's word in his mouth is just as powerful as God's word in your mouth. And what we declare is what God said, what the promise said, so that we can subdue and take authority and rule and use everything in work for God. That's what the Bible says. Your money is there that you can have a great life, but it must be used for God and mankind. First God. When Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord's upon me, when he went into the temple, opened the, uh, the book of Isaiah, and he said, I am anointed, I've been anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. So the poor is high on God's agenda. That's why giving, taking care of the poor, high on God's agenda. That's the only way how you can lend unto the Lord. He who gives to the poor lends unto the Lord. And God is nobody's debtor. God owns nobody. The Bible says he will reward you. So what is it? Rob God. Listen, that you will honor him, but also rob God from blessing you. <laughs> Did you just get that? That's the punchline. Satan's plan, the enemy, 
wants to get you out of what God said. He doesn't want God to bless you because he knows how dangerous is God's blessing. The fact I preach in Paris, France, in the heart where the fashion are, there in a building, and years ago, and uh, after the service, I asked every person through a translator, tell me your vision. And they had great visions, great dreams. And I, the one gentleman said, I want to build an orphanage in Madagascar. I said, why don't you do it? He said, I have no money. And the Spirit of the Lord said, that's where millions of my children are caught up. In the no money becomes the excuse and uh, the ointment of the hurt to keep them in a prison without bars. I said, sir, you have it. He said, what do you mean? I said, I have a three-carat diamond ring that somebody gave me, solid, big men's ring. I said, I'll fly to Africa, and then I'm flying back to America, and i am come back to uh, Paris to bring it to you. I did that. Within a few days, I sowed the seed because I said, I know how it works. By the word of God, by his grace, his mercy. And within days, I had the money to build an orphanage in South Africa. Through channels that I couldn't think even could do it. Now, Satan's final thing. He wants you, listen, to disobey the word of God. Then he know you cannot be that force, that verb, that action to do mighty things, mighty exploits for God on the face of the earth. Because remember now, he wants you to rob God from honor, we said, from glorifying the Father, Jesus said. From God, he wants to rob God from the opportunity to bless you. Proverbs 3 verse 9 spoke about honor. Honor God with what? Because here you can see giving has nothing to do with an obligation. It's got to do with you choose. Between life and death, the curse and the blessing. But when you do what God tells you to do, oh my word, you will have the reward of what heaven bestowed upon you. Now I've learned we have such a great vision. Want to build a 10,000 seater auditorium, a multifaceted building impact communities and nations of the world but it's going to cost us to work with God verse 7 says of Proverbs chapter 3 be not wise in your own eyes see that's the problem we are problem what I feed my mind with is my problem what I allow to make nest here <laughs> Birds can fly over your head, but they not, they, it's not necessary to, for them to make a nest in your mind. Reverently fear and worship the Lord. 
and turn entirely away from evil. That evil means of your self-idea, of selfishness, and do it your way, Frank Sinatra way. It shall be health to your nerves and sinews and marrows and moistening to your bones. Because if you do that, then you honor the Lord, verse 9, with your capital and sufficiency from labor and with the first fruits of all your income. In other words, then you will honor God with your money, your everything, everything. And you, <laughs> listen, if you do that, the blessing comes upon you. So shall your storage places be filled with plenty and your vat shall be overflowing with new wine. Did you get that? So Satan, no, when you start honoring God, God's going to pour you out a blessing so big. New wine is going to flow and your vats and your barns, your storehouses will be so full, you will not have enough room. Many people don't have storehouses. How do I create a storehouse? By honoring God with my everything. That's very deep stuff. Malachi chapter 3, 8. Will a man rob or defraud God? Yet you rob and defraud me, but you say, in what way do we rob or defraud you? You have withheld, withheld, you withheld, you hold it back. Tithes and offerings. Now, I want to help you. It's not that God needs money. It's an issue of the heart. Because my hands is closer to my heart than anything. And the principle that God, that I'm working with God, even in the area of finances, I need to work with God. God is my senior partner. I was a businessman. I know. When I'm the senior partner, you take it a limit and then you nosedive. You have a lot of money and then suddenly you have nothing and you face challenges. But when God is your senior partner, he's still El Shaddai, the many-breasted one. Somewhere we have missed something. And that is, the Bible says you have withheld. Withheld, hold it back. He says, that's why you are cursed with the curse. For you are robbing me, even this whole nation. Now in verse 10, God's final authority, God's word. Now people argue with me, that's Old Testament. Yeah, it's forever settled. This is one of the principles forever settled. Because a generous heart, Jesus' nature. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He paid the highest price. He says, bring then the whole tithe and everything into your storehouse, the whole tenth of your income. And there may be food in my house that we take care of God's business, feed the poor, the orphan, the widow, pay the lights and the water and do mighty exploits for the King of glory. Then you test me. 
what he says here from this scripture on verse 10. Satan wants you to rob God from the opportunity, listen, to open the windows of heaven for you because what you do, your action is the key to open. The faith action is the key to open for the floodgates, for the blessing that you will not have enough room. That blessing of Genesis chapter 1, using it, all the fast resources on the earth for God and man. Satan wants you to rob God from the opportunity. These things doesn't happen automatically. I need to work the word. He says he wants to rob God from the opportunity to open the windows of heaven. The windows and you <laughs> who becomes a window to pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. He wants you to rob God from the opportunity that God himself will rebuke the devourer, the insects and the plagues for your sakes. And shall not destroy the fruit of your ground. Neither shall your vine drops its fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And Satan wants you to rob God from the opportunity that nations, your neighbors, your in-laws, your outlaws, your family that not serving God, shall call you happy and blessed. For you shall be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Listen, this is the word. That's God's word. And I'm done. God gave Joshua the powerful key. Listen, family, that God says to Joshua, God gave them the promised land, take them out of the land of not enough, through the land of just enough, the desert, to enter into the land of more than enough. God had a short journey for his children. He didn't plan the 40 days. They planned themselves the delay on the promised land. Some of them never saw the promise because of the words and their actions. Did you hear that? Moses couldn't go even in because he misrepresent God to the people. That story is God stripped me. God took me through. God killed my son. God, no, 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 no. I know what is the pain of that. No. It's not God. He's not a murderer. It's the thief, Jesus said, that comes to kill, stand, and destroy. But Joshua 1 8. Now they're ready, a new generation. God turned from that dead Moses, the dead way of misrepresenting, of not believing. God said, what they said now, I will let them give them the desire of their heart. They will dwell now and not possess the promised land because excuses robbed them. That's Satan's strategy. And then the Lord said to Joshua, Joshua 1.8, and I'm closing with this. I'm giving you the key to operate in that blessing, to be the true disciple of Jesus. 
to make other people disciples because you will hear when he asked Peter, do you love me three times what Jesus said? And that means to be, gave him the opportunity to be a true disciple, a, a follower of Christ, and to preach the greatest minister message on the day of Pentecost. Joshua 1.8, the book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. So it's here. But you shall meditate on a day and night. It's here. The mind of Christ, the word of God. That why must I have the word in my mouth and meditate? That you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then, says the Bible, for what is written in it, you observe it, you do it. You have the word in your mouth and in your mind. Then you shall make your way prosperous. He didn't say God will make your way. You make your way. God spoke it. It's forever settled. It's for me to grow into that word and do that word. Then the word works with me. God works with me. I work with God. God works with me. I work for God. Then you will make your way prosperous. And then you shall deal wisely and have good success. Have not I command you, because God knew Satan will try. Have not I command you. God's final authority instruction. Be strong, vigorous, and very courageous. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That word also means stand firm. Stand on the solid rock. You have been redeemed from the curse of spiritual death, of sickness and disease, and of poverty. Why do I emphasize this? Because God wants to pour out financial breakthroughs. This is the first week of the day. The principle, oh my word, and I put it down in writing. God's will is the final authority. Come on, somebody. There's no other word about that. Because Jesus modeled God's divine order to demonstrate Satan's defeat. That's why the barrier between you and the breakthrough, you and the blessing, the barrier becomes a breach when I apply the principles of the word. The thing that is a barrier becomes the very bridge, takes you out of limitation into overflow, take you out of sickness into complete health, take you out of spiritual death into spiritual life. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm closing. God's divine and only order is God must always be first so that we can be fruitful. God's original intention is his final decision. That means man cannot change God and God doesn't change at all. God's desire is you will be his vessel. You will be his channel. You will be his action. You will be his verb. 
You will be his energy on the face of the earth to let his kingdom come. His will be done. He teach them that prayer so that they always can be God-focused as it is in heaven, manifest on the earth, and he wants to do it through you. Are you ready this morning to say, God, I'm not going to listen to the lies of the enemy. I'm not going to rob you, God, from the opportunity to bless me, to command that blessing. I'm living under a commanded blessing when I apply the word of God. Is that you this morning? If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, it starts there to operate and God bless them to be fruitful. The seed in you will multiply more. The seed will become a tree. The tree will become a forest. You will expand. Make the place of your dwelling wide. That's what God, impact, a person of impact. Not just make it, not survival. Impact the world in the mighty name of Jesus. By first, accept me. If you don't know Jesus, press that share button. Phone somebody, text them right now. Say, Jesus' donkey is going to pray a prayer and you must be saved. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you this morning just as I am. I am naked, Lord, because I don't know you. I tried to cover with fig leaves, but you have slaughtered the lamb. And I am dressing myself with the lamb this morning, <laughs> Jesus. With his blood, with his nature, with his ability. By Lord, call upon your name. Forgive me my sin. Wash me in the blood. Put my name in the book of life. From this day on, I will serve you. I will be a disciple of Jesus and I will make other people disciples by telling them the love of God. If you believe God this morning to say, God, I'm going to be your vessel, say, Father, I, I, I'm no longer going to do it my way, not selfish, not my way. I hand over. I'm going to do it your way. I will not allow Satan to quiet and silence the voice and the word of God in my life. I have the mind of Christ. I operate as God operates, and I do it God's way. That's why my bonds will increase. My vats will overflow with new wine. He will open the windows of heaven, the great treasure above me, and pour me out a blessing that I can complete my godly assignment on the face of the earth without delays. And I thank you, Lord, by your stripes I'm healed, made whole, in the mighty name of Jesus and my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. We love you. We love you this morning, family. What an opportunity to share the word. Until tonight, 6 p.m. God bless you. Gustav de Toy, Loftal International, Western Cape, South Africa. Until tonight, you are what the word says you are.